Welcome to Very Random Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we've randomly determined as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other root stuff. It all comes together to be a very random encounter. I'm after Logan. I'm after Lee. I'm after Travis. And I'm after Greg. <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered that because I didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have done <laughs> it. Been like, I'm Lee. <laughs> I'm after Lee. Mm, yay. Oh, man. Yeah, this takes place in the afterverse. Where yes. This, this is an else world. <laughs> oh, oh, excellent, excellent. The bubble outside of the universe. Yeah. Welcome to the after show, listeners. Yay. <laughs> we did it. The, sh- the show where we wake up early and mm. talk about There the is thing so we much did. light in this room. I was very weirded out for a minute. I was like, I can't <laughs> record with all this light. What's happening? <laughs> I mean, it's light now because there's snow everywhere, so there is nothing oh. but light. It's very reflective. Good old purple nights. Yuck. Well, anyway. Yeah, so we did a route. 60 degrees here. We did a root thing. How is everybody's root? My root was, was really so good. good. I <laughs> made I like made a joke where I had Rue say root in like the penultimate episode, and like I thought I would get at least a chuckle or like a uh, but nothing happened. No. And nope. um, oh, other than that, it was a great season, and I that. loved it so dearly. <laughs> <laughs> talking about when you when you said you Where put down it? roots, yeah. I really liked it. Oh, okay. like I liked it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I noticed it, but I didn't think it was a joke. I was just like, "Oh, right," because it's rude. <laughs> well, it's just yeah. like so it sweet. Really a joke. I I wanted like maybe an awe. Well, that's no. what you got in my nah. head for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like out loud awe kind of material, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I loved root, but man. Dargavant was a nightmare. <laughs> Man, me. I cannot Dargavant. wait to talk about Dargavant. So but because you were very consistent with that mm-hmm. mess. Of a oh, man. man. I have so much to say about playing that character. All right. All right. Hold on. Let's let's do because we traditionally we do the GM and then we. Yeah. So GM. Uh, okay. Go. Okay. Well, what, what was random? Where did we get all of our ideas? Okay. I'm going to talk about all this stuff. So, first of all, mm. Before I even got started, well, first, first of all, I thought we were doing this in Mouse Guard because at the time the Root RPG was just like an idea, and so, but I was just, I was still going to do Mouse Guard. I was just going to do it with woodland creatures in addition to mice, which really messes up the mechanics of Mouse Guard. I want to tell y'all, and also that that game kind of has to take place in Mouse Guard anyway. All right, so amazingly, uh, we got promo materials and like the pre-release of the game. Uh, from Magpie, so I was able to actually use Root, which is great. Uh, so I, for starters, to like generate the woodland, I uh, so the actual Root board game. Uh, one of the maps is a, a winter map, and you can randomize all of the clearings. Oh, neat! Uh, yeah, so I did that, and then I had friends over, and we all got assigned a random faction from the Root game. And we played a game of Root, and I took a picture of the board state. Oh, so cool! That's mm-hmm. fun. So, who did you play the board? Ga- who, did you, who did you play the board game with? Just you and Billy? I don't know. Is it a two-player game? Uh, it's, it's up to like six players. But if you six play six now, players, but... then get ready to have a bad time. Uh, oh, it's way it's too best, long. It's best with four. 
four. Three four works is, really well. Yeah, three and four is where you want to be. But we played a four-player game. Um, it might have been five now that I'm thinking about it. Hmm. We were living on the edge. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> me, Billy, and my friends, Russell, L.A., and Doug. That counts. That's five people. <laughs> mm. uh, oh, Russell so, helped build our world. I love it. Yeah. The, uh, I had us basically, I knew what was going on in the world all the time. So, whenever y'all took, you know, whenever you traveled and it took like weeks or whatever, I would increment the turn. So I knew what was happening in the world. So whatever. Oh, wait. Like, so it's not that you played a full game and then just like took a picture of where it ended. You like the, I took a picture at the end of every turn, and you like played this game over weeks. N- no, I'm. Oh, saying that- I see what you're saying. Okay, you took a picture after every turn, and that informed in the game they played. Yeah. Huh. Because time is pretty wild in the root board game. Oh, yeah. Each turn, each turn really like takes weeks if you're actually thinking about it in a micro level. So, to y'all, the vagabonds, you would have to do something major for the turn to increment. Like, Mm -hmm. like a lot of time would have to pass. Um, and that just informs. So, like when Somashin sent a report to Dargavon, like, that was the stuff that was actually happening in the world, and it was right. very... It just, showed, it just showed, like, those turns just gave you an idea of, like, if it's this point in the timeline, these other things are happening around the players. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it also informed, like, when you got to a clearing, who was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, Roots, like, the, the RPG book, has really good randomizers for clearings, so I had a diagram of, like, what, like... You could you randomize basically like some uh, parts of the town, like a major structure, uh, and then problems that the town was encountering. So, for example, Golden Frog had notable landscape or feature of mine slash quarry. Uh, an important habitant inhabitant A was a farmer. Oh. An important inhabitant B was a historian. Huh. An important building A was barracks. An important building B was a fence or a wall. The problem yeah, A was uh, Aurorites was in Golden Frog. Oh, right, because yeah, he was he was the prisoner at the beginning. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Problem A was brutality, and problem B was bandits. Yep. So that that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and like Special Oakwood ha- also has a minor quarry because y'all hid the people mm-hmm. in the mine. Um, an important inhabitant A was Smith. Important inhabitant B was a gambler. Uh-huh. Important building A was kiln. We really didn't really do anything with a kiln. Important building B was an armory. I sort of like. I guess that's really what uh, Babe's place was. Ended up being a kiln, mm-hmm. and then the armory was where the the school was. Problem A was dilapidated architecture, and problem B was enemy occupation. So they, I mean, that does a lot to sort of inform like how that went. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, did you have, did you anticipate that we would stay in Special Oakwood, like, the whole dang time? N- no, I didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, like, there are 12 clearings, and they yeah. all have that level of, like, you know, randomizers on them. Huh. Um, it would have been That's a very, very cool. different season, yeah, if you would have chosen to go somewhere else, but, yeah. yeah. Um, And then, so... 
since basically there there were five like factions vying for the world, I well so like first of all, Magpie was like, "Hey, it's it the the cats and the birds are actually what we have fleshed out in this book." So mm-hmm. it might be tough yeah. for you to run other stuff. So I just sort of, I don't know. I I still included all five of them, but the cats and the birds, like just because of the board state and how root works, were more prominent. Um, but I rolled an a evil plan. Like I, I went to an evil plan generator. <laughs> I wonder uh, if it's the same evil plan generator I used for fellowship. It may be. Um, but anyway, so. The, the like it's up for grabs the word evil in all these plans really well there was there's like one that's evil but the super interesting one was the marcasot's evil plan is tries to resurrect a bird from the dead huh huh uh which so i have a whole narrative in my head about like why this war happened and like why the marcasot is mad at the birds and it's basically just that she's mad at the the religious sect that overtook it because they killed her lover is what I'm essentially doing. Oh that, yeah. That's, oh. That's also why Somashin sent you to have that to get the battery. It's just, also it's a battery. Oh. It's just a battery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be, because I like I interpreted that as like through a game of telephone uh, across the whole woodland. It, you know, it's it's a it's an object that brings life. In right, it goes marks. from a thing that powers devices to a, through a game of telephone that becomes a thing that gives life to things to yeah a thing that resurrects someone. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yep. Uh, the bird's evil plan was to set loose a giant murderous robot on an unsuspecting region to gain control. Well, yep, yep, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> yep, that's what they did. All right. The Riverfolk Company was to institute karma where there is none and give people what they deserve. Yeah, we never ran into them. Yeah, you did. That's Oystertainment. Oh, okay. Why were they called... Why did you say Riverfolk something? The Riverfolk Company is what they are in the Root board game. Oh, okay. And I randomized a the, the guard name. I randomized the guard name of everybody, um, but Oystertainment was the one that they got, which was wild because it is the Riverfolk Company. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to know, the Marcusat has the helmets of dawn, and the birds have the preservers of the sky. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> and the arch congregation is the the lizard cult from the root thing. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, theirs was frames a very normal, nice person for murder and forces the authorities to dig deep into their life, ruining it. Which, uh. That's why the lizard, or, or rather, that's why the arch congregation. That's why I had them be the people who had taken over for the birds. Yeah. So basically, like the old bird leader was deposed for, you know, like nefarious reasons. <laughs> so that sort of had a slant to like what, well, even even the fact that it's called lizard cult, sort of, yeah, put, puts a certain color on what they're doing. Um, the rogue order, uh steals an artifact from a museum uh and that's through all the rest of this i i interpreted that as that's what somachin wants like somachin mm. was basically in with yeah. the old bird guard and wanted to steal the artifact to bring life back and then duh, duh, duh. i mean that's yeah that's 
That's the folks. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat. And then the Robins. <clears throat> so the Robins isn't a randomizer, but this is how they happened. So I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> Greg knows more about this than y'all do. I wanted the Marquise to appear uh, yeah. in Dargamont's backstory, and I wanted to like set the stage for like she's very powerful and will do yep. whatever she needs to do to maintain power. But I accidentally made her way too evil because yeah. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> well, so in, in the scene I'm getting recruited and the Marquise comes in and I'm like, what do we do with these kids? And she's like, they're my breakfast. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, like, 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 uh, I think, uh, Dorisa was like, there's some eggs in those, in the trees. And she's like, cool. That's breakfast sorted. And, like, they are eggs. Yeah. And th- so, yeah, mm-hmm. you do make breakfast out of eggs. But then I was like, oh, no, hang on. That means <laughs> yeah, well, uh-huh. felt, this lady is literally eating that. babies. Yep. Like, uh, you eat breakfast out of unfertilized eggs, <laughs> right. not well, babies. Well, in that's, some places you can. Th- there well, are... that's true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I was like, hey, Greg, uh, that didn't happen. Yeah, let's walk back from that. <laughs> we both felt real bad about, about that whole scene. We're like, mm. that's too That's too evil. That's like, too I evil. wanted, I didn't want anybody, any of the the factions to to be just straight up dag nasty mm-hmm. evil. And if you got a baby eater, that's, that's pretty much yeah. bad news. So that left me with some eggs that did not get eaten. Yeah, because we um, had a conversation like, then what would we do? Right. Like, what would have been, and so we had the conversation about, like, there may have been, a, like, shipping them off somewhere, and then I think we talked about, like, I think Dargamont would have just been, like, there's got to be somebody here that can take care of them. Like, we'll just take care of them by having them raised here. Like, yeah. the idea of sending them to a camp was also not great. Right. So that's sort of how they just sort of ended up there. Yeah, and uh, because it was like a cat clearing, they got cat randomizer names, which hmm. is why they have names that aren't like bird noises, which are yeah. everybody else's names. Um, that's that's kind of all I got for, for my randomizers, unless y'all have any questions about other stuff. Um, uh, Where did the, peg- uh, I guess you had the Pegasus thing from the combination of the robots they were building and my backstory. Or, like, yeah, my- and the... F- yeah. So the fact that the like the lizard cult had taken over the birds, the birds' plan is to set loose a giant murderous robot on an unsuspecting yeah. region to gain control. I was like, uh, that was that was really like, how do I integrate a Pegasus into this? Because right. it was important in your in your backstory and an obsession with Pegasus Pegasi. So I. I think I like woke up in a cold sweat one night. I'm like, yeah. it's the robot. I, yeah, I, I've <laughs> certainly done that with seasons I've run where I'm like, it all comes together. <laughs> no, I, I think that that puts everything pretty clearly. I think I have a good idea of all the randomization stuff. Do we want to mm-hmm. do yeah. characters? Yeah. yeah. Who wants to start? Dargavant sucked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dargamont yeah. has you. Uh, Dargamont is amazing because yeah. 
every decision you made was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, that's exactly what Dargavant would do. <laughs> so, I mean, Dargavant was hard both like emotionally for me, but also game mechanics wise, because mm-hmm. he's the arbiter, but every move was a might move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I sort of sat down there and I'm like, so Dargavant is literally the person that has a hammer. So everything's just a nail. Every problem's yeah. a nail. <laughs> just beat it. Just beat it. And then it will go away. Um, and so it was hard to find ways to make Dargavant valid. Like, mm-hmm. and I also wanted, like, I wanted to avoid necessarily trying to redeem Dargavant because yeah. I don't know that I don't know that there was anything necessarily to redeem. Like this is who this person was, and this is what they went through, and here we are now. And I also had a tough time because I didn't want to make him also super evil. Like I wanted to make it clear that yeah, he was there for the burning, but he didn't. He didn't participate in it, but he didn't stop it, and that's the thing that's driving him. Like mm-hmm. he watched it happen, and that wasn't good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also hard. Like from a player, you just want like everybody to love this character, mm-hmm. and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it was telling to me very much at the end that you know he's next to death, he's walking naked back into the town, <laughs> and nobody. Nobody was there. Like, he just walked back on his own and hid again. And that, like, summed up Dargavant. Like, there was nobody there. Everybody else was with somebody that they cared about. Um, And so, emotionally, it was hard to, like, it was rewarding to be there because that's what I wanted. But it was also from a person where you want everything you do to be loved. I was like, Mm -hmm. I hate this. <laughs> I hate well, the hey, fact the, that he the is... real end of Dargavant was that um the man's came back. Yeah, but so like <clears throat> that I also wanted to like how how I wanted the end to end I think was his ultimate lesson that yeah, if all you do is nail people <laughs> cuz you're a hammer, <laughs> nobody likes you. And that's why he's like, okay, I need the person I need somebody to level me out. And I've been mm-hmm. on my own and in my head too much, which is why I chose the ending that I did. Like the final send off to Somashin, like, hi, I found whatever this is and we're done. And I'm bringing my husband into this, which means I'm not going to go to war. Like there was a couple of things that that signified for Dargavan, but yeah, it was hard mechanically also because it was just like, what are my moves? My moves are smash it. Or get it, or get in the way and be smashed. These are the things that I can do, and we don't necessarily play that way a lot of the time. So it was very yeah. hard, a lot of the times, to find use for Dargavan. Man, like I thought that was such a good reveal of like, uh, like next to last episode when Dargavan's just like, actually, I can deflect a fucking missile, y'all. Yeah, and <laughs> every. The big reveal of like, oh, this is actually a competent person. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's one thing that I do really well, and that's war. So here I go. I really liked Darkavon Chinsina's relationship. 
Yeah, Darkman, yeah. I feel, had a really positive effect on the, um, like, Dargavant's being there made it so that we had a lot of conversations about where we are as a yeah. team, if we're a mm-hmm. team and all that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also think, like, a big turning point for Dargavant was sending Rue away. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that he's, like, not, oh, you know, you're here and just take your lumps. But, like, I think there was a moment for me that was, hey, he realizes that this person is actually important and mm-hmm. doesn't want what would naturally happen. Like, most of the times I think Dargavant wrote things off, like, this is the casualties of war, and you were here, and you have to deal with it. And I think that was the first time he thought, no, I'm going to send a person away mm-hmm. because I don't want something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. And then what does Rue do? <laughs> Go and have something bad happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I loved, yeah, Dargavans and Chensina's relationship was awesome. I think all mm-hmm. the relations were awesome. Like, I was worried that Dargavant was just going to be another Carol. But... Mm-hmm. I think they no. sounded the same, but they felt very different. Yeah. Because <laughs> on paper, they're, like, similar. But mm-hmm. ultimately, they were very, very different, which is what yeah. I liked. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Dargavant was hard. I always thought it was like, uh, <laughs> this poor person sucks so bad. Uh. <laughs> I, I, can, I can go. Okay. Cool. Do it. Um, so when we rolled our characters... And I got that thing where Chensina always had to be right or whatever. Mm. And then I had like such a hard time with it because I didn't know. It's just hard to even like, it's not a fun way to go through Mm -hmm. like a campaign with other characters where you're just being like, "Mm, well, okay, well, you do what you want, but mm, (laughs) I'm right. And so, you know, whatever. And it's also just like, it was just really hard. And so I didn't know how to do it. But then I thought Dargavant like really brought it out in Transina yeah. where she was just mm-hmm. like, no, but no, <laughs> you're just wrong. And I'm just no. going to tell you how it is. <laughs> Turns out all you had and to even, do was be Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then even when like he was clearly doing the right thing and there was nothing wrong with how he was handling the Pegasus coming or whatever. She was just like digging her heels in of like, no, you're going <laughs> to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I really, I really liked Chunsina. Um, most of my stuff for her was just, I mean, it's, it, I feel like a broken record at this point, but it's that um, album from that, game that I played a long time ago, the flame yeah, the and the fire flood. and the or the flame and flood, yeah. Yeah, the flame and the flood. And um I took lyrics from the songs that I liked that I thought really um mm. described Chunsina well and kind of centered who I wanted her to be. And then, you know, like I do these this thing where I put post-it notes under my monitor so I can remember important stuff like the name of Special Oakwood or mm-hmm. Dave's names up here and scene and all that. And I add to it <laughs> and I, I put our three names because I don't always remember yeah. that either. <laughs> I have mine written. I have everybody's <laughs> names written down. 
Well, yeah. one was helpful because I had saved Rue's life, so that was always on my sheet. But I'm like, mm, I'm gonna write Chen Cena around here yeah. too because I can never remember <laughs> yeah. these names. Um. So yeah. So I had those lyrics, and that was very helpful to me of just being like, "This is what she wants in life," and mm-hmm. trying to not let my personality overcome who I thought she needed to be. Because I feel like that's the thing I do a lot too, where I just sort of forget that I'm not just me responding mm-hmm. to what's happening mm-hmm. around me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know that I have much else on her. Um, I feel like a lot of what happened with Chancina was like directly because of the stuff with Tiffany and Darkvant. Well, I really I th- like I think- the, I really like the Chancina and Rue dynamic. I liked, mm-hmm. Um, like you could tell, like, even though we didn't really explore much of that history, you could tell like that you and I worked well together that like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were kindred spirits in some senses, but also like super different in others. Like I liked that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked how, um, she never, like, she always just felt comfortable with Rue and was just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's. That's my boo. That's my that's my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with the Tiffany stuff, I mean, like, I really like where that went, and it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like I wrote that. You know what I mean? Like, we just sort yeah, of we just talked it out and kind of yeah. <laughs> in those flashbacks. Yeah, that was fun because I I think that was one of those things too, where like both of us were kind of like, so who is Tiffany? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> And then we we're like, oh, damn. <laughs> 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 <sighs> yeah, Does that mean it's fun. me? Yeah. Yep. Rue um, is interesting because in, like, in the moment, he's like the easiest character for me to get into and play since like Ada. Like just really yeah. easy to just be like, oh, I know exactly who this is. I know exactly how he responds to everything. Like. That part of him is like easy for me to slide into this like, uh, you know, you know, the lying thing is kind of just the gimmick. But like the real thing is his like uh, depression fueled wanderlust. Um, mm-hmm. That was very easy. It was difficult for me to and I set myself up with this. I think I bit off a little more than I could chew with like his arc stuff. Um, the religion thing kind of just fell by the wayside. Um, but like, I think it ends up kind of working because his whole thing is like when he has the conversation with his boss in that flashback, he's like, no, the reason I like the religion is like, it's something that I know isn't going to stick around forever. I can, be part of it for as long as it makes my life better and move on. So like the fact that it didn't come up again, isn't terrible for the story, but I, I don't know. I kind of would have liked it too. Um, but like mm. that all kind of didn't end up mattering because the stuff with the kids was so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, that was just very lovely that like that became Rue's arc was the, his relationship to the, to the kids, and I thought that was wonderful. Uh, Rue was really fun to play, and uh, the little sort of surrogate father thing he had with those kids was really fun to role play. And we need something adorable. for the sequel, so. Of course. 
And yeah, I, this I is such a fun kids. world to be in. Yeah, there's just a lot happening. It's also very different just because it's like, it's it's a world that is in constant conflict and was just recently out of a conflict, which I think is very new for us. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that sort of, we're picking up the pieces it is a very interesting world just to be in because it's mm-hmm. like these people are forging what is going to happen and trying to deal with things that are much larger than them, which I think is, I think made this season really great. Um, yeah. And it has just a lot of open-ended possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Like a Robin sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey, can you hear hey, me can now? You hear us? All right. You're a little robot-y. Yeah. But I couldn't. And slow, but maybe Oops. you're just talking slow? It's hard to say. Um, no. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm glad failing. Craig got that so I can go back later and enjoy that. In fact, actually, hold on. So. I'm going to stop Craig and start him again. But I have that. Like, Just so you can have that? <laughs> what the fuck? Am I still <sighs> Okay. Well, I'm sure everyone has heard the drunken robot thing. Uh, <laughs> I know. <sighs> it's an interlude, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> cool. I love Here's it. our break. Our break was me talking like a robot. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet robot. It's a so preview all- of what's happening next season. <laughs> God, oh, yes, funny. I have to it be is. drunk robot the whole time. It's a possibility. If I'm a droid, I'm actually I'm absolutely going to be freedom fighter droid, just so everybody knows. All right. And I you hope everyone spoil can. what next season's going to be before Craig actually <laughs> announces it. No one else calls anything <laughs> droid. It's really obvious. All right. <laughs> all right, let's answer questions. <laughs> Are you saying that should be my character voice next season? <laughs> the whole time. It's sensitive. Yeah. I'm going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. What's power did- converters? <laughs> you did sound just like a Jedi. You can fool around with your friends later. <laughs> no, I haven't made those friends yet. I'm just going to meet the power converters. Uh, I love the answer to the line, I'm going to the Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. The answer to that line is, you can fool around with your friends later. <laughs> we all know what happens at Tashi Station stays God. at Tashi Station. Luke, Luke has been up to some shit. We know what power converters <laughs> is code <are>. for. It's going to be a long season. <laughs> uh, Lee, I think you're the keeper of the questions today, I'm as usual. Questions. All right, uh, let's see... Um, all right, so Grace asks, if a human showed up, how big would they be relative to everything else? And that's um, uh, how big are trees relative to the characters, like tree big or like skyscraper big? And that's related to Sam Xavier Marks from Twitter. Um, says, what level of anthropomorphism did you envision for the bird people in Root? So I think we can answer all of that kind of mm-hmm. together. 
So the easy one is the bird people anthropomorphism because I I think all of us are envisioning Cal Farron's drawings, which yeah. is yeah, yeah. little finger feathers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just search and, like Kyle Farron root probably, right? Yes, that reveals the right thing if you do that yeah. and then you click images on Google. There's this thing <laughs> called Google. Whoa. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm not <laughs> immediately seeing a lot of birds. Oh, I see some birds. So yeah, there's some. There, there should be some birds. It's like, but just for the listener, if you're not like Googling, it's, uh, they are Adorable. birds, but their wings hold things and they wear clothes. Yeah. yeah. If you have ever played um, Zelda uh, Breath of the oh, Wild. Oh, yeah. It's yep. like that. It's like those. Those, those birds too. Yeah. It's just, just a like little cuter. Where like big, yeah, yeah, yeah cuter. cuter in the root art, but um, that same sort of your, their feathers are hands, yeah, like yeah. they have big, big feather wing fingers, mm-hmm. wingers, wingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then, in terms of like humans, they are. So what? do you, do you want me to go into my deep lore? Yep. That it's okay. So. I do, but let me tell you what I think first. How okay. I've just pictured it the whole time. I pictured it like the animals. If humans were in this world, the animals are like hobbit sized, and people would be human sized. Hmm. That's how I pictured it. Hmm. I was thinking similar. I was thinking more like the animals would be gnome sized, and the people would be people sized. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. same ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Same. Okay. Same. Okay. So, uh, you're let's you know, I'm gonna tell you the thing, and then we're all, and I mean all, all of us listeners too, are just gonna erase this from our minds because it doesn't actually make any sense if you think about it for even like two seconds. But okay. in my head, <clears throat> during the Hello Team season, we did not have the amulet show up, and so okay. my vision of this is that the amulet is buried underneath. Oh, in, in a forest and the little dome around that somewhere in the Helotine world is where this is taking place. And the amulets effects on, oh. on little critters have made them I like anthropomorphized. It. Yeah. Oh, for the like it. list right. for the listener, uh the amulet's just like it's like a, the one little thing that does carry between a lot of the seasons. It shows up here and there. It's not in all of them. Um but it shows up in a lot of seasons just for like, you know, hardcore fans to be like, oh, there it is this time. <laughs> uh, and, it, and and it also is a way that we can uh, fit in our own little headcanon of what if all of these worlds were actually different points and places on the same uh, general universe timeline, which is not necessarily canon or not necessarily not canon. It's just sometimes a fun thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which leads us to another question that Grace had. Um, in the context of the Omni verse, I don't, I don't, I think I said that. I wrong. say Omniverse. Omniverse, yeah. <laughs> Timeline. <laughs> but you, but you, there's some letters happening in there. Yeah, Omniverse. the VRE is capitalized. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, where, okay, let me, let me just try that again because now. <laughs> <laughs> in the context of the Omniverse timeline, where every season occupies the same space as different times, 
same space at different times. Where do you feel root fits in? Is it on Earth? Are there humans elsewhere? So that yeah. kind of answers that question. Yep. Yeah. Logan, were you there at Gen Con when Patrick explained his headcanon for root that got shot down? No. Oh, okay. Tell me. So at one point he wanted to add random magic into root mm. because in his head canon there were a bunch of wizards that killed each other off and mm. all the creatures oh. that are left are their minions and familiars <laughs> that oh, are left behind that are that. creating a society mm. left from the destruction that was caused by a bunch of wizards fighting That's wow amazing. that really fits with how the team <laughs> I like, yep. it a lot. <laughs> like the or rather it fits with the prehistory of Hala team. Yeah. Yeah. A lot oh. of bad stuff happened on that planet. Yeah. <laughs> Which again fits very well in the omniverse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we have a cat. Um, a cat. We have a fuck man. <laughs> yeah, let's let me do this. So good plan. This is great podcasting. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we have a great question from Kat on Discord. Uh, they say, this is the second main season in a row that tackles themes of colonialism and imperialism. How was the experience of exploring those themes different in Root versus Fellowship? Hi, Kat. So, uh, hi. Oh, hey, Kat. I have, I have sort of... An, so I have thought about this a bunch. So it, one of the things I thought was interesting is, like, Fellowship was not a part of a war like root is mm-hmm. dealing with an actual ongoing continued like people are living in a war-torn world and so i felt mm-hmm. like what we could tackle in root was how do people adjust post-war while still being in the war whereas to me fellowship was hi we have refugees coming and yeah, it, 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 yeah. it it didn't feel as as war torn as root did Kalarin is a crisis that is uh happening to a world that's generally otherwise at peace um yeah. a really big crisis right um, and yeah it, like Kalarin is very obviously bad and like no one on the planet really wants to see them succeed <laughs> so uh, yeah, fellowship just felt like everyone wanted to help everyone in as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and root was like individuals were okay with helping sometimes, but no mm-hmm. one group was like interested. And if I could I have- talk about fellowship yeah. for just a bit, uh, so mm-hmm. my like the original like central thematic nugget in my head about that final twist in that season and I guess spoiler alert for fellowship if you haven't heard it my original thought of that kind of final twist where you get the reveal that uh you know the board is um you know these these gods from another civilization uh, like our world I guess is kind of the implication Uh, my central thought when I figured that that's what it was was like exploring this idea of progress narratives um capitalism and and I guess more more specifically like neoliberalism has this idea of um that like taking a country and making it like look exactly like some models in the developed world 
will necessarily be good for it. And that's because, look, it by all the metrics that we've set for ourselves based on what we look like, uh, they'll match that better once we adjust their livelihood like that. Like, that's essentially the threat that um, the villains are making at the end of, of Fellowship is we want to replace things so that your world will be like ours. It'll be better because the technology is better or whatever. It will, it'll be more efficient is kind of the claim, which like there are other yeah. interpretations of that, um, but that's kind of the one I had in my head originally. If you've got other interpretations, awesome. Um, it's impossible to talk about that type of this sort of singular understanding of progress without also talking a little bit about colonialism, a lot about immigration, like all these things are kind of intertwined. And so it's really that one facet that I wanted to have our players here, like interact with in that final twist and the, what that says about, colonialism and 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 things were kind of a result of that whereas i felt like root was more specifically about the bigger picture of that as opposed to just this one way that it can manifest maybe yeah i uh so for my part i i do think they're like really strictly different because i wanted uh root i wanted the like the bad there's not good, you know, in that war, both of the sides are bad, (laughs) but also I wanted it to feel like this was something that I talked to, um, the creators about when I, when, when Greg and I went to Gen Con and, uh, like had, had the meeting with the folks that are, that made root. Uh, but I, I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to be easy to, follow the birds or follow the cats because they would make it worth your while. You know what I mean? But then still have it be obvious that you probably shouldn't. And yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better season. It was so good. And, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's like both these sides actually suck and just in different ways. Uh, well, all three sides sucked. Like oyster weren't great neither. Oh yeah. Well, I don't even. I wasn't even. I mean, Oystertainment was like an like an insurgent, bad mm-hmm. population. But they they're not a, an army. They're like a tiny little squad. Squad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're if you're right. If we're including them as another side, then yeah, no nobody was good. <laughs> and honestly, like even the protagonists weren't good until the end. Like they mm-hmm. they became good through the uh, the events of the season, which was. Really awesome. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Follow that deep question with what VRE character should be in Smash Brothers? And that's from Jay on Discord. Oh, Jay, this is hard. (laughs) I I remember thinking this was a hard question. No, no, no. I think it's it's all of higher being and they act as one unit like um, the hero does uh, from Mm. Dragon Quest or whatever. I'm not sold, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely Carol is in, for sure. I I could be convinced mm. that Millie should be in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Etho would be pretty rad. Yeah. Personally. Should we all choose like our a character that we've played that we think should be? Because it. it sounds like the two of you have already done that. Oh well mine's Gregory Hayden. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could have summoned Steamy. Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I think I think it would be Kobahara for me. I think he'd make a really Hell cool yeah. kid out of the uh, the Bone Powers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh yeah, Etho for sure. I think we've got just a couple more. Yep. Golden Pelt from Discord says, "What was the lack of combat until the the later parts of the show?" Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what was the lack of combat until the later parts of the show? Fuck. <laughs> Golden Pelt from Discord says, "Was the lack of combat until the later parts of the show a conscious decision, or did it just come naturally as the story played out?" I mean, yeah. I think a general lack of combat in our like you can expect a general lack of combat mm-hmm. in very random encounters. Yeah. <laughs> just um, that's just. I mean, I'm do. all for it, but like, I also like just not. Next season that, might be different. So. Next yeah. season will be different. Um, um. So I will say that I very deliberately. Despite having every move be smash it with a hammer, hmm. <laughs> uh, chose to not do combat with Dargavon. Like there were many times I'm like, smash it with a hammer. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> no, he's trying not to smash everything with a hammer. So for at least on, for a lot of things, like instead of threatening Aurorites with a big sword, it was to convince Aurorites. So like on. Dargavant's it was a very specific choice not to do combat. I mean, Chosina was gonna have a fight with Tiffany, and then it <laughs> it was gonna go how it was gonna go. Uh, <laughs> Rue is a uh, coward, so he runs like uh I mean he's not a coward by the end, but he's right. a coward the vast majority of the season. Um <laughs> so like he'll fight if he has to, but I think it's also just that like th- I think we talked in the first half of this after show, which we recorded like a week ago, that uh, this could have gone a lot of different ways, depending on just like where on the map we went. We happened Mm -hmm. to kind of just find this place like it and settled down there. And there was only one big fight that was going to happen there. I mean, maybe, Logan, you have other things to say about it as the GM. But that was kind of my perception of like we chose to settle down in a place that's peaceful for a while and then super not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just how it ended up shaping up. I like uh, y'all commented on it a lot during the play, but the the, root is a game where the abilities are tailored to killing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's uh, most of the abilities are brutal, but I don't know. It's just, it could have gone a lot of different ways. Like I said uh, earlier in the show, which again was a week ago, uh, I randomized every clearing, so it could have been a whole different season depending on which turns you took. And so, yeah, it just ended up being we go there for was just us, one gigantic show, not the audience. That's gonna be weird. To... Hmm? Oh yeah, no. Oh, right. we go for us. I just mentioned a week ago because if I misremembered something and something, said it wrong, yeah. yeah, yeah, they know why I'm not. My yeah. memory isn't that bad. It's still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then our last question is from at Dame Cage on Twitter. Uh, I really want to know where all the music comes from. Is that how from. you say it? I, I've always said um, Damakage. So have I. I have oh, really? I, because I of mean, Naruto. I, just, I don't <laughs> know about Naruto. So uh, y'all say it this time. 
Damakage. My, my, my yeah. only interaction with Naruto Maybe. are the fighting games that uh, the video games that uh, my friend in high school made me play, and I didn't know anything about Naruto. And the <laughs> ten-hour recap podcast of Baruto I listened to that my friends made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all are probably right. It's just when I was typing it, it's like that's yep. how Dame spell Cage. that. Dame yeah, sure. Dame Cage. Also wrong. Valid. Yeah. Valid. Um. I hope one of us got your Twitter name right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to know where all the music comes from in this season. It has been so fantastic to set the mood and emphasize things in the season. I'm glad you asked, mm. Twitter user. <laughs> <laughs> I have, there's a funny story about this, too, which I'll let you go first, Logan. But Well, so I ha- I thought a lot about everything in this, um, I'm going to just bring up the root music links specific Google Sheet document that I have that I shared with Travis. Mm. <laughs> but I have like, I had really specific ideas on themes for every faction. Um, so, like, for example, the cats uh, generally have accordions. And I did that because accordion feels like a more. Um, an instrument mechanical from a more instrument. civilized age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's and it's it's very it's much more mechanical. And mm. like uh, Burchard was just always going to be a solo banjo because I imagined him actually playing the banjo mm. while he's telling the story. That's the name um, of the narrator. If that never actually came up in it, didn't. And you're good job. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so uh, birds or violins, um, also sort of a more civilized thing, but I. Th- I think, mm, I don't know, more birdie. More flighty, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, scene ended up being important enough that she had her own thing, which was some affected guitars. So uh, I had a couple of specifically scene things in there. And then Chancina was acoustic guitar. The Arch Congregation, which didn't come up too much, but anytime Rue got spiritual, mm. it was um, some like melancholic piano stuff. Uh, and then generally, I wanted it to feel like Emmett Otter's, you know, jug band. Um, so yep. just a lot of country instruments uh, generally, when especially when we're talking about like just general denizens. What was the funny story you were going to tell? So it's more on the aspect of the part of the question that was asking where did it come from? Um, because this is the first season where we have subscribed to a cert. We've previously gotten our music either Logan making it himself or grabbing it from public domain or Creative Commons sources. Um, so like Call of Cthulhu used really old public domain jazz music. Uh, Tales from the Loop used a specific artist whose name escapes me now, but it should be in all the descriptions of that uh, of that mm-hmm. season um, who releases his music, Creative Commons. Um, this season, we subscribe to a service where you pay a, f- you know, a fee per year, and then you can just use this music library. We had a conversation halfway through where I was like, eh, I don't like it. I don't like what's here. I don't like this library. All this music sounds like nothing. <laughs> Can we find something else? And then because I, everyone was like, yeah, sure. If you feel that way. And because I never have, like, I always 
I have trouble motivating myself for the little things. <laughs> so then that just never happened. But I'm kind of glad it didn't because like I eventually kind of found my groove with knowing like what search terms to put in audio blocks to find what I wanted. Um, also wildly, like a week after you uh, texted us that, they added like 45,000 music Oh, tracks. is that why it got better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess I, th- that's the service that we use. And that, that was, like, I think we'll probably stick with it. I think it works. The, my main issue with it is, um, shoot, I got to look up this guy's name. I, I was watching um, uh, this YouTube channel that came up in my recommendations recently, um, which has been amazing. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> sort of a combination of uh, music theory and also, like, philosophy of music to some extent. Um, Ooh. And what was this guy's name? I got to find it. Um, I'll keep finding it as I ramble on. But he uh, made this video about uh, corporate music. um, And he was talking about, like, the way that corporate music or, you know, not royalty-free music generally um, doesn't really change, uh, doesn't really have uh, chord progression, doesn't really have movement in that sense. It's like you stay in the same chord and then, like, you add an instrument, and then you add another instrument, and then you take it down, and then you add a few more to the build, and, like, that's all you're ever doing. You're not really actually emotionally moving from one place to another, because if you're a company and or a even a podcast creator and you just want to put a thing <laughs> in the background, too much chord progression, it might clash with what your video or your podcast or whatever is trying to say. And that's kind of the problem yeah. I have with a lot of the stuff on those repositories is that they don't go anywhere and like i i want music that moves from one place to another like i'll spend the time to find the song that moves in the same way that the scene does um Mm -hmm. but a lot of these public domain places don't assume that you're going to do that um so that's kind of what i like seems like we'll be fine with it though it seems like we found enough stuff that works yeah and if not we can always move to another one yeah but regardless, the reason why we're able to do that is because of patron Patreon folks that uh, yeah. join to us every month. And I love that we have the freedom to, you know, like we could just jump over to another music service if this one doesn't work out. Tantacruel um, is the, I, I guess, like, it's like Tantacruel, the Pokemon, is the YouTube channel, uh, but Tantacruel, T-A-N-T-A-C-R-U-L. I really recommend it. Uh, it was a really good video. I'm also going to watch this soon. But anyway, back to Patreon. This is a great jumping off point because that's our last after show question, right? This document yes, that was it. blank now. Yeah. I've deleted so, all yeah. the questions. I always Yay. do this, but but if you've listened this far, dear listener, then I, I think it's fair to say you really like our show. Uh, and if you have the means and... Um, you do like our show, then I, it would be great if you could also go to Patreon and uh, help us fund these things like uh, doing the music links. We recently got Travis a cool new microphone. Uh, it hasn't come yet in the mail, but it should soon. <laughs> and I'm so excited. It, oh, y'all, it's the Electro Voice RE20. It's a really good mic. It's a staple in broadcast environments. Oh! It's so good. <laughs> so we're very excited about that. We were able to, even though our our next Patreon goal isn't for a while. And that's when we said we were going to do a live show or a, a um, 
convention altogether. We did end up going to one. Uh, unfortunately, what Lee wasn't able to make it, but we did do our first live show and it was really fun. Um, I'm really sad because I feel like if it had been now, I would have been able to do it. But October mm. was just too soon. Mm-hmm. Next time we'll do something like in Atlanta or something. So we're going to drive there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Yeah. <laughs> we? Uh, <laughs> hey, we we flew, we flew like you know over there, Greg. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't just fly, drive there. We will also I mean, fly there. I oh could physically drive Rabbi from heat. Winnipeg to Atlanta, but uh, it'd be a while. Yeah. Um. But I wanted to mention one other thing while you're on the note of Patreon. It's kind of related. I just wanted to thank everybody who's been um like talking about our show online and in places. I feel like there's been yeah. a lot a lot of that recently. Um I want to just want to thank everybody because like this show is despite having like its uh hook, you know, the randomization thing, it's kind of a hard show to pitch because it in some mm-hmm. ways isn't what you'd think when someone says a role-playing game podcast where we randomly determine as many things as possible including characters, villains, <laughs> names, places and other uh weird <laughs> stuff. Um because it's, like, a lot more than that, as you, the listener, know. And so, like, all these people singing our praises, especially lately, has really warmed my heart. So I just want to thank mm-hmm. everybody for doing that. Yep. It's, like, such a service, like, that I consider on the same level as as giving us Patreon money. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Same. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Oh. If you didn't catch it, next season, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> to space on on uh got it memorized at the end i was like i don't know when this episode comes out in relation to the vre after show but the next season of vre will involve a major media property and uh <laughs> and more than one person was like more than one person was like oh my god vre is gonna play interstitial <laughs> well i have to say i've been grumbly about star wars but mostly because it's fun to be grumbly about it not because Mm -hmm. i'm actually grumbly about it um Mm -hmm. obviously i like star trek better but like it's fine star wars (laughs) is fine (laughs) um Uh, but also Greg was like, yeah, but there's fish people. So I'm sold. There's a lot. (laughs) You have no idea how many fish people there are. I'm here for it now. So I'm already up to 40 species and I would say at least a third of them are water. Holy moly. Okay. Wait, there's a lot of aliens. We forgot a critical thing, which is that we'll be taking a little breather for a a little bit. Oh, this is important. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, we're going to, like normal, we're going to release uh, a mini season after this, which will be three episodes with Not a special guest. Not directly after this, right? Oh. According to the schedule we have on our document, that's the last yeah. thing in our... Ah, got you. Okay, yeah. wait. Okay, so actually, oh, I've got a whole yeah. schedule yeah. here. So, schedule. so we're going to take a couple of weeks off just to build up a, a bunch of uh, episodes in our in our. Wow, buffer is the name for that, mm-hmm. um, because that's really important. Because so we can like take breaks and stuff. Plus uh, next so, year, plus, well, I guess it's this year now. Plus this year, there's some things that might possibly take a few of us away from recording availability. So knowing that that's gonna happen, knowing that we have the ability to build up that buffer now, we're gonna do it now as opposed to having to like stop mid season. To do something. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we have um, the live show that everyone else recorded um, 
at Galaxicon, and um, we have a couple of shows that we release on our Patreon that um, there's two different ones. We One that we record is like where we learn how to play the new systems that we're going to do. And there's one that's called Very Random Podcasting where we just talk about random topics. Um, so the way it'll break down is we're going to release the live show and then we're going to go on a break, like a, a week where we won't release an episode. And then we're going to release one of those Patreon episodes and then we're going to have a week where we don't release anything. And then we're going to release a learning episode, which is from Patreon. And then we're going to have another break and then we're going to release the mini season like normal. And then that's when things will just be back to normal. Mm -hmm. We'll have Um, a nice big buffer and y'all will all have anybody who hasn't subscribed to the Patreon. We'll have a preview of that and yeah. And we'll finally be like other podcasts who like (laughs) are actually ahead of things in their recording schedule, (laughs) which is wild to me. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, it just seemed like this would be a better thing than trying to take like one long break or whatever. So people are still getting content. You're just missing out. It just, we're just on an every other week schedule for about a month. Mm -hmm. And you're not missing out. We're we're not making it. (laughs) We will be making it, but you'll still get everything we make. It'll just take a little longer. Yeah. Great. So with all that out of the way, I think that's, that's it, right? Thanks so much, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. To our fun show. Bye. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where we play pen and paper RPGs, in which we've randomly determined as many things as possible, including vi- uh, characters, villains, <laughs> names, places, and other root stuff. I demand you do this again. <laughs> it all comes yeah. together to be a Very Make Random it, Encounter. Take it again. Yeah. <laughs>